Hello, gatherers. I do want to announce our first network event, the 365 Days of Movies Challenge. It's a challenge consisting of Eric, Evan, myself, and Tim, as we have to watch one movie a day for a whole year. 365 days, 365 movies. They have to be at least 45 minutes long from start to finish. The challenge will start on June 13th and will be very fun and especially irritating for us. If we miss a day, there's a punishment. From karaoke to prank videos to slap fights to wearing dog cones, we promise you, you'll be entertained with our misfortunes. Again, June 13th, the start of a year of craziness. Now on with the show. Welcome to the Indie Comics section. Join us as we take you through the pages of some of the best stories and art that is available in the comic book industry. From trivia to book discussions to interviews to insider looks, this is Indie Comics with Jeff. Welcome once again to another episode of Indie Comics. I'm your host, Tyler, a crusader for creator-owned work in comics. There are fine gems to be found in a local comic book shop, so let's go searching for one. And who is with me today? Hey, this is Fred Van Lenty. All right, and uh, thank you so much, so much for being here. Uh, this month, we have, we have actually picked to, to do Generation Zero, which hasn't come out yet, which is awesome, and I'm excited to read, and it's from Valiant. And uh, first question, what exactly is Generation Zero? Generation Zero is kind of a combination between Archie and the Authority. They are juvenile delinquent teen superheroes uh, who were raised to be human weapons, but now they've escaped. They are marauding around the countryside, and if other kids can get in touch with them, Generation Zero deems their problems worthy of their intervention. They show up in your town and try to help you. They, their idea of helping, however, because they're basically a paramilitary organization, is to cause lots of explosions and punch people in the face. <laughs> and uh, their, their, uh, their problem solving is generally limited to a military solution. So, uh, you know, it, it, sometimes the finer points of their, uh, of their challenges are lost on them, but uh, we get to have a lot of fun watching them. Yeah. Basically, basically, they are bulls in china shops. Okay, <laughs> that's that's awesome. And um, I read that this is going to be a spinoff of Harbinger Wars. Yeah, the uh, well, the um, the kids originally appeared in the first ever Valiant Comics crossover, which was called uh, Harbinger Wars. They're sort of largely spun out of Harbingers. They are psyots, which are people, which are basically psychics, people born yeah. with incredible psychic powers, and each psychic, has, each psyot has a different, you know, sort of very specific ability. And so these guys. The kids were largely created by my buddies, uh, writer Josh Dysart and penciler Clayton Henry. Oh, cool. And Clayton Crane for, for Harbinger Wars. So this is their first time in their own series. That's very awesome. Fun. And is it going to be a an ongoing uh, series? Uh, I have plans for the first year. We'll see how that goes. And uh, if we get renewed for a second one, I, I can definitely keep going. That's awesome. Oh, cool. Awesome. And um, will it also carry over the, the same tone of Harbinger Wars and kind of everything else in Valiant? Or will it kind of have its own tones and be contained in its own kind of oh yeah i mean you know valiant is very good about wanting all their titles to pretty much stand on their own and not and you know it's all part of a connected universe obviously because this is a spinoff from another title uh but you definitely don't need, need to know anything about valiant or harbinger or harbinger wars to enjoy generation zero it's very much its own kind of world i i really wanted to do almost a superhero book that almost treated the superheroes like folklore characters, yeah. where they're beautiful and mysterious, but frightening and dangerous, particularly if you're a normal person. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> sort of the tone I was trying to get was kind of this demented, not quite horror, almost like if David Cronenberg did like a teen series. <laughs> That's awesome. And that Champlain or something like that, you know. Ah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I love Valiant, and um, I mean, Harbinger Wars is really cool. And um, yeah, oh man, I can I can geek out about Valiant all day. Um, so I want to know a little bit more about you. Uh, how did you get into the comic the comic industry? Well, um, in essence, I went to school. I was always a comics fan. I'd even tried to make a couple comics when I was super young and and older. Um, I knew I wanted to be a writer for many years. I started out wanting to be a prose novelist, and then I went to school for screenwriting and, and filmmaking and sort of discovered I did not like filmmaking, which sort of surprised me. <laughs> it's kind of tedious, uh, right? Like You had to be really, really patient. Yeah, no, and I, <laughs> that is not me at all. Uh, and sort of in that same vein, I joined the comic book club uh, by at Syracuse University, which by a bizarre coincidence was founded by a kid who went to my high school in Ohio, who just kind of randomly went to Syracuse. We randomly went to the same place. <laughs> um, and uh, and I just met comic book artists there, and, and, and some of them were, many of them were super talented. And I started, I really enjoyed, and was really excited by the, the vividness with which they brought my ideas to life. And some of them, like Steve Ellis, who I, I still do books with from time to time, I met there, and I met uh, Ryan Dunlavey there, who I did um, Action Philosophers with, and Comic Book History of Comics, which will be coming back this year from IDW, which is awesome. Oh, awesome. I was going to ask yeah. later about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, what's rad is we're currently doing a book about the presidents called Action Presidents, or a series about the presidents. That'll be coming up from HarperCollins in a couple years. Um, so uh, that that's really how that ended up happening, is I just made these friends, and... Steve Ellis, in particular, got work for um, Marvel and DC, and for that matter, Valiant was one of the first places that hired him. He was actually the person who took over Ninjak after um, Joe Quesada. Oh, wow, Ninjak that that's that's a that's a name. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, oh man. <laughs> and uh, uh, and just uh, Marvel liked a comic Steve and I did called The Silencers, which you can get now from. Yep. Dark Wars, uh, the complete version, and so I just ended up doing some stuff from them, and and they haven't been able to get rid of me since. <laughs> That's awesome. You won, didn't you win an award for Silencers? Um, yeah, best in, best independent uh, comic book award from Broken Frontier. That's that awesome. Sounds right. I, I did I did research. <laughs> I have. <laughs> uh, you're, you're you're very fascinating. Like everything about you is very fascinating. I actually really like it. And I wanted to ask. Um, That's good. So you you are also co-creator of Evil Twin Comics. Yes, that's the company Ryan did uh, in the Daily Orange, which is the Syracuse. I, I suppose it's still the Syracuse College newspaper. He did a comic strip called Evil Twin. <laughs> and so when he left, it was kind of like I don't know how to describe it. It was almost kind of like an Evan Dorkin type. It's almost like uh, if, you, if you know. Um, Oh wow! Now I'm totally blanking on it. The comic, the comic Evan Dorkin did before Milk and Cheese, the black and white one. Oh, something Hectic Planet. Hectic Planet. Hectic, okay. It was sort of in the vein of Hectic Planet to a certain degree, except more set in a college involved androids and stuff. Uh, so when Ryan started self-publishing comics uh, when he left college, he called it Evil Twin. And then once we got the Zurich grant, this nonprofit grant to do Action Philosophers, we just decided to do it under. Evil Twin Comics, because you know he had done the logo and the whole company structure kind of existed. It's kind of like a nice throwback too to your past as well. 
Yeah, exactly. So it, it made sense. And so it is, is it still active a little bit? The website, eh. the website's still up. <laughs> the website is definitely still up. Yeah. I mean, we used to, we self published for years. We publish, self published action philosophers. Um, we did 10 issues of that. Uh, we were shocked at how successful that was. Action philosophers being the lives and thoughts of history's A-list brain trust told in a hip and humorous comic book fashion. Yep. Uh, and so, uh, Dark Horse now pub Dark Horse now did a beautiful, just a beautiful hardcover of that book. Oh um, wow! I yeah, I'm write that down. <laughs> and then we did Comic Book Comics, which was the history of Comic Book and Comics form. We self published that as well. But then IDW approached us about doing the trade paperback of that, and they did. And just this year, we renewed uh, our agreement with them, and we're gonna we're gonna reissue those Comic Book Comics in color nice with, with new material updated material corrected material a lot more on the history of women in comics and uh and some fun other kind of surprises so i think that that's going to be in previews next month so that means probably first issue drops in november or something like that nice okay cool and, i'm definitely gonna be looking out for that that's awesome and so that, I, sorry, I, I, very long-winded way to answer your question which is which is evil twin comics exists as a is a legal entity that is basically the, the 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 sum of it's me and ryan's business partnership we do not currently publish anything yeah because we suck at it because we are lazy <laughs> it I takes can... up enough of our energy just to make the damn things yeah now we have dark horse and idw and harper collins publishing us which is that is uh, that horrible. is that's a very very good list to have so Yes, and vastly <laughs> preferable to us trying to do it ourselves. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, like, how did you come up with Action Philosophers? It's a nonfiction, right? From... It is, yeah. It's humorous nonfiction. Uh, it's lots of jokes and stuff, but super accurate. And I guess at this point you compare it to something like Drunk History, except sort of even more accurate, I guess. I'm not sure <laughs> how to describe it. Uh, I feel like I feel like in many ways the musical Hamilton is largely in the style of Action Philosophers and Action Presidents, and I just think it's neat that you know, that there is this sort of cultural zeitgeist that, that, cause I'm such a huge history nut. I love people interacting with history and, and, and dealing with it in a way that is not, you know, obsessed with dates and, 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 <laughs> you know, the yeah. kind of biblical, this thing beget that thing. Kind of thing. <laughs> Man, you get along with so many people from the network. We have a lot of like history, like we have people with master's degrees in history here and we have an archeologist as well. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Excellent. But, um, uh, so what happened was uh, we were trying to get into an anthology. The SPX convention, the Small Press Expo in Bethesda, Maryland, used to do an anthology. And we used to go to SPX every year. Um, and they used to do an anthology that was the um, – that was this – they used to do comics anthologies. It's a fundraiser for the Comic Legal Defense Fund. And we tried to get in one year, and the theme was biographies. So – I wrote this funny biography of Friedrich Nietzsche to for Ryan to draw, as if Nietzsche was in, um, as if you just bought your Nietzsche action figure and you know, like He Man and the Masters of the Universe had little mini comics, yeah, in the packages. This this was the comic that came with you and your Nietzsche action figure package. Was, was <laughs> the idea. So um, on his wacky adventures. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and so hence the name Action Philosophers. Right, That's cool. it's supposed to be for an action figure, but so we got rejected. But we ended up uh, 
getting quote unquote hired, and I say quote unquote because they, they never paid us because they went into business. Oh. Uh, Ryan started submitting the Nietzsche story around, and he sold it to this um, startup newspaper that was going to kind of be like an onion for comics. Like it was going to be this free newspaper, you know, and have like local ads. So if you got it in San Diego, it ads for San Diego business. Oh, that's cool. Comic. I wish that happened. Man. San Antonio, you could get San Antonio, you know, kind of things. So, uh, but by that point, we had enough material to fill up an entire comic. So back in those days, and by those days, I mean like 2003, 2004. <laughs> Way back when. <laughs> yeah, back when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Yeah, <laughs> we just found fire. <laughs> um, uh, we put them all together in a comic, and we got a grant from the Zurich Foundation, which is uh, Peter Laird of Teenage Newman. Mutant Ninja Turtles fame found of that to give away some of his turtle bucks to self-publishers. They don't... They have subsequently stopped getting out the self-publishing grant, I think wisely so, sort of yeah. encourage people to go on the internet, uh, which is much, I think, more efficient and cheaper way to, to, to get your work out there. Yeah, um, and you can kind of take your time, too. Yes, yeah. And so we solicited through Diamond to our shock. We were successful, and, you know, we did ten... Like I said, we did nine issues, and we did ten plus... Uh, uh, yeah, we did nine, and then we did. We basically the whole issue was worth of material since then, and, and like I said, Dark Horse did a great job collecting. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna pick that up. That sounds awesome. <laughs> it's, good. it's good stuff. But um, I'll, I'll go back to Valiant. So, what is it like to kind of be in Valiant's? I'm gonna put this in air quotes because I'm lame. Uh, like like the brain trust now. It's fun, you know. I mean, it's a very small operation. It's uh, it's fun to be sort of working in a collaborative. Um, universe you know we get together fairly often the whole group to sort of talk about the direction of the universe um <laughs> for several years there i've been doing sort of the uh, archer and armstrong eternal warrior geomancer time walker sort of axis of the universe and this year i've been getting more into other things like i have this war mother 4001 ad one shot coming out uh next wednesday when we're taping this um, and then obviously Generation Zero is coming out, which is more sort of in the Harbinger realm. So it's been very cool that I've been able to, you know, develop this one corner of the universe and then, um, you know, uh, delve into other things as well. Nice. Is there another, um, like, a Valiant character that we would love to write for? Because obviously you've already written for Archer and Armstrong, and then, uh, of course, you're doing this. Is there another Valiant character that you'd kind of like be like, you know, I, I have a really, really good story for that one? <laughs> well, you know, uh, when Steve Ellis, my buddy, was at Valiant, uh, I actually got him. He passed along. The first comic I ever pitched for was for Shadow Man. So I do like oh. Shadow Man. I like horror stuff. I like New Orleans. But the for whatever reason, Valiant has perpetually thwarted my uh, attempts to, to work on Shadow Man. Before you were doing Generation Zero, like I said, you were doing Arch and Armstrong. So... Were you allowed to kind of take liberties when you're doing the kind of, I guess, just kind of like uh, making sure that Archer and Armstrong was like very faithful to the, like the '90s run? No, quite the opposite. In fact, my like I'd never heard of Archer Armstrong before they hired me to write it. Oh wow! Um, yeah, and so they gave me uh, they the guys had done a hardback of the Barry Windsor, a lot of the most of the Barry Windsor Smith stuff, and they gave it to me, and and, and I you know I checked out it outline, I read the book, and it just seems so fuck nuts crazy and so much a product <laughs> of the mind of Barry Windsor Smith I was sort of like at a bit of a loss as to how anyone much less me 
could really uh, do it justice. Um, and so my first outline was very much a remake of the the first Archer Armstrong, the Archer Armstrong number zero, where, uh, and so, but it was Valiant and the editor-in-chief Warren Simons who kind of um, encouraged me to go in a different direction and not be quite as uh, adhering to the, the, the source material. And so I kicked it around a bit and I, you know, I, ended up, I think I ended up coming up with something that was very much um, my own. I definitely agree, and uh, I love, I, I I love this one. I mean, I don't want to put down the the original because I I love the original. It was part of my childhood, you know. And but like I I absolutely love what you've done. Like I um, we we were talking about it the other day uh, with my other co-host, and um, you know, we were kind of saying how it was kind of like the Mark Way Daredevil, um, kind of like right now, like how what he's done with that character is so fascinating and amazing and it's exactly what you've done with archer and armstrong so i I very much love i completely forgot what issue we're on uh because it started in 2012 right your run my run started in 2012 i went to issue 25 and now right and then we did four issues of delinquents but that james asked miss and kano and i did yeah which i guess is um I guess it sort of counts as an extension to a surgery continuity. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Rafer's fifth issue just came out. So I guess, okay. and then there's been a couple. So it's very confusing with the zeros. So it's been, you know, it's been at least three years. It's been 36 plus issues. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. that's awesome. Add them all up. When you're doing all this, and especially with uh, Generation Zero, are there any writing influences that are going to kind of help you, you know, work with uh, these different teen characters? Yeah, I mean, uh, a bunch of different stuff. Um, I've always had a, sort of a heavy Grant Morrison influence on my stuff, and I think you see a lot of that in sort of the weird body politic of and body issues of, of Generation Zero. Um, I've been reading a lot of manga lately. I've been reading uh, Urasawa's 20th Century Boys, and so the sort of pacing of manga is something I'm kind of tooling around with. I don't think... If, I, may, I, I wonder if this is the sort of thing the general public is not going to have any clue what I'm talking about. But to me, I'm sort of injecting a lot more of these manga influences yeah. into Generation Zero. Um, and Wait, then I, is, I, is, I, there, I, is there one I, particular, like, like an actual like story? Oh yeah, I mean, I, I'm I, I'm heavily influenced about by this book, 20th Century Boys, uh, which is sort of cuts in between these kids. Uh, when when they were children, now they're adults, and so it's oh, very okay. much 20th Century Boys is almost sort of structured like um, Stephen King's novel It, where you have the whole uh, segment of the kids sort of having uh, dealt with this secret society that's now causing all this kind of evil in the present day, and so it's they're they're trying to remember, you know, they're trying to figure out what connection, if any, they have to all these mysterious murders that have been going on around Japan and the world, and it's. Oh, it's super interesting. It's it's really great. I love manga. I've never heard of this one. Wouldn't this, this, can't, this can't. Yeah, it's one of the it's one of the good ones. It's about Yurisawa, who's best. Known oh wow, that's old. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that. Out. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Oh, that makes uh, me. You know, I think by old, it's like literally two thousand. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 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 not current. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> written on uh, golden plates and, and buried underneath the ground. Now, um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Okay, that makes me even more excited. And okay, cool. Uh, and, I, and I was also heavily influenced by this super rad uh, French video game called Life is Strange. It's also set in American. Oh, history. yeah, that's a that's a really interesting game. And um, is there anything that you are currently reading? And what's your favorite comic book genre? I really like historical fiction. I like writing it. I like 
reading it. I like reading comics about it. Uh, right now I'm reading the, uh, the Autumn Lands by Kirpiusiek and Benjamin Dewey. I'm enjoying that quite a bit. I really love Dewey's artwork. It's from Image. I just finished a great graphic novel from Xander Cannon called Heck. Oh, awesome. We actually just, oh, we just interviewed him. He's so nice. Uh, sorry. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it's great. I've been a fan of his for a long time. So uh, been chugging along on that. Do you believe that this is the golden age of indie comics? Yeah, I, I, I think so. I was just thinking because like there's so many people who are self-publishing. And not only that, but it seems like every single of the independent comic book uh, publishers are just kind of I don't know, like, I, I haven't bought the big two in three years. I mean, I got, I bought Rebirth, uh, number one, which was cool, but I, I just kind of been, meh. I, mostly I read, you know, Oni Press, uh, Valiant, and I've been reading so much IDW recently, and uh, yeah, cool. I'm so satisfied, and I love it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, I'm just sort of person, I'm not, the big franchises don't really have a big appeal to me, really, in any medium, so yeah. it's not like I don't go see, unless, like, Marvel gives me free tickets or something, <laughs> I don't generally see superhero movies. Oh, you don't? Uh, wow. Uh, just because it's just, you know, I, I, there's just so you, you know, part of the issue is there's just so much out there, you know, there's so yeah. much awesome stuff to consume, and so I don't necessarily, you know need to see why Batman and Superman are not getting along. <laughs> you know, or of... another Spider-Man origin story. Yeah. You know, or something like that. This is not something that, you know... I, I You know, it's not like I have a big moral or no, fan yeah. age kind of issue with it. It's just, you know, there's just other things to do. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, and like there's a lot of people who I know have the argument just like, you know, why would I see it when I've already read something that was probably written a little bit better and right. executed exactly. better as well? And I'm like, you know what? I can't I can't go against that argument. That's pretty good. Um, no, absolutely. I mean, I don't know why. I'm mean, a fanboy over Marvel stuff. I've never been a Marvel fan, all that. I mean, I appreciate Marvel for everything they've done in comics, but I, right. I just, but the movies, I'm just like, I just like, I have to go to the movies. Uh, <laughs> but right. um, I, don't, I don't really know what it is, to be honest. But I'm, just, I'm still waiting for, not fables, but uh, I really want to see Invincible as a, as a movie, I think. Okay. But sure. um, I would love to start seeing some of Valiant stuff and uh, even Aspen comics in, into uh, in the films. Um, I would love cool. to see a Faith movie. Um well, they're supposed to be working hard on Archer Armstrong. Yeah. Wait, we'll do what? They're working hard on the screenplay for Archer Armstrong, so that's a thing that's been bandied about, as well as Bloodshot and Harbinger and Harbinger. Oh, that's right, Harbinger. That's right. You're yeah. I can't. Remember. So I didn't. Remember, I didn't know anything about Archer Armstrong. Do you have any? Uh, are you have any input in that? Have they uh, asked you to no, consult? I know it's sort of based loosely based on me and Clayton Henry's run, um, but I don't. You know, I, I don't. If I can't affect the outcome, I don't, you know, it's just not something I, again, it's another sort of time issue. Yeah. I don't necessarily need to, there's one thing, you know, uh, if there's something I see that I don't like, I'm just, and there's nothing I can do about it, I'm just besetting myself for no reason, you know what I mean? There's yeah. just, just no, <laughs> no point to it, you know? Absolutely. Well, would you rather see, um, sorry, I'm going back to the, the TV movie, like, would you rather see independent comics kind of turn into a TV show or to a movie? Like, what would you prefer? Like, we have Preacher right now, and I guess Lucifer we can consider maybe and it was vertigo um, i guess i mean i you know it depends on how long you know movie is x you know i i generally prefer movies and novels i prefer things that sort of have a definitive ending to them yeah 
Um, not that, you know, comic series don't often have definitive endings to them. I, you know, I also have to get ADD. Like, I lose interest. You know, I did pretty much what I wanted to do with Arthur Armstrong. And yeah. Just got on, you know? um, but, you know, it just depends on what on what the long-form story is, you know. I mean, I, I it, in the old days, it, it was that people kind of turned their nose up uh, uh, at TV. Yeah. And, uh, but that's, I just don't see how you can make, I think you can make the exact opposite case now, which is TV is, a, is an art form in this country, at least as far superior to, to what's going on in movies for the most part. I agree. I mean, for me though, like sometimes they do just, I have severe ADHD, so it's really hard for me to just sit down and watch. Like I love Preacher, but it did kind of drag on even though, and I love the, the books, uh, Daredevil especially. Oh my God. Like I love Daredevil, but Jesus Christ, there's like, three episodes too many because like they'll start talking about things i don't care about and i'm just and i'm i'm in la la land i'm like looking at something shiny on the side uh, there are there are plenty of non-comics shows that have the exact same problem. yeah it's true they're not limited to you know comic book adaptations at yeah. all i tried watching uh, downton abbey that was the worst thing for my adhd <laughs> i love i love Downton Abbey. i mean i love it but when it gets when it gets season. boring it gets boring sure no i can't <laughs> I can't argue with that. <laughs> okay. That sounds right. Oh, so, all right, sorry. Okay, I do want to ask you about King Kirby because I read okay. a, a little bit about that, and that is awesome. Um, so you don't like you don't like writing screenplays, but you do. But King Kirby was a stage show, right? So what's what was the difference with that? Was it just besides the whole technical thing, and it's just kind of like okay, I write it down, and then they just well, do it on the stage. I mean, not, you know, screenwriting itself didn't bother me that much. It was the actual making, like, directing movies that really bored the crap out of me. That, yeah. like, just being on the set and mucking with the lights and talking to the actors and waiting and calling <laughs> heavy equipment around. Like, I just, it just, it just was not something I was prepared, I think, to put up with. Like, I didn't, yeah. really didn't want it, you know, as the old sports cliche goes. I didn't want it enough, you know. Um and uh, so I ended up marrying a playwright, Crystal Skillman. Yep. And so it was through her. And I, so I had been working on a, King, a Kirby biography just because I found his, his whole life so fascinating. The fact that he, you know, practically invented the superhero medium, you know, except for the actual superheroes. Uh, <laughs> I guess except for Superman. But he definitely contributed so much to the Marvel Universe and DC and stuff. And, uh, and uh, just, you know, he fought in World War II and held these interesting things. He was just sort of, so life was kind of this interesting kind of uh, spread of the 20th century. And so I started doing a sort of a straight nonfiction biography of him. And, and then I just kind of as a monkey see, monkey do, just watching my, my, uh, my wife Crystal work on her plays, uh, I turned the biography into a play and it wasn't that great uh and this was years before i really got into doing comics professionally so i set it aside but then this local theater was doing a comic theater festival friends of crystals and she's like hey remember that jack kirby play let's go ahead and do it and so we dusted it off and she put enough work into it that i was like you know you are the co-writer of this and so we became uh so uh we were doing the the co-writing thing yeah and uh, and so that we had a very nice successful run. Uh, it's currently been in Calgary and in um, uh, Seattle as well as here in New York City. So uh, 
it's all going well. We're still talking with other cities, and uh, we we kickstarted it, and so we did a book as a result of it. You can get the book actually on Amazon now. Oh, um, what? So you can read the play if you want, uh, or you can go to fredvanlady.com, and there's a convenient little button. The King Kirby button that will take you straight to that page. Oh my god, all my research didn't say anything about it being published. That's awesome. Okay, I am. Oh my god. That was definitely self published. That is bot. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Um, cool. Okay, cool. And I, what have you all thought about doing another, another um, play? I know maybe this might be too soon because I'm now tar- starting to tear up. Maybe about Darwin Cook? Uh, I really like Darwin. I, I met Darwin very briefly at WonderCon a, a couple years ago. Uh, you know, I probably not. I mean, I'm. I mean, I'm pretty much. I mean, we definitely are thinking about doing other plays, but not really about comics figures necessarily. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's once like, you start at Jack Kirby, it's kind of like it's all kind of downhill. <laughs> you know, <laughs> back to Darwin and every other you know comic book creator who's ever lived. Yeah. We started at the top, at least in terms of story. I should say. I mean, you can are you know, you can have different sort of opinions about the guy's work, but but uh, I guess in terms of yeah. interesting life story. You know, I think you'd be hard-pressed to top that. Yeah, exactly. And then I have just two more questions for you. Um, there, okay. are, there are a lot of writers who suffer from writer's block. And um, what kind of helps you overcome it, especially with ADD? Like, this is fascinating to me. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, uh, ADD is definitely a special challenge. Um, you, you know, for the most part, uh, generally speaking, I find that writer's block is the fear of writing something bad. And so I think the best way to get over that is to give yourself the freedom to suck. Yeah. Uh, because you just need to put it down on paper. And maybe, whether it's, you know, it's like uh, going to the gym or anything sort of like, you know, thing you kind of have to force yourself to do. You just have to do it every day. And if you do it enough times every day, you'll be done. And even if a fairly significant chunk of it sucks, you'll be able to go through and, and get something good out of it, hopefully. Yeah. Awesome. I like that answer a lot, actually. That's really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, it's, it's something that I had a real problem with when I was in the twenties that I would start stuff and finish them. And, uh, and just really just comes down to, I mean, also sort of, it gets a little bit in terms of desperation of like, Oh, maybe this isn't the most, because everybody wants to be successful very quickly. Cause usually that means you're poor. Uh, as I certainly was in my twenties. Yeah. And so you want to, you want to make that money as soon as you can. But unfortunately you just kind of need to buckle down and finish stuff. You know, you're not going to get any of that success until you finish something and you'll finish it until you it awesome cool well and then the last question is going to be is there anything else you that is coming up in the near future that you would like to uh tell us about sure there's the aforementioned war mother 4001 ad um uh one shot i already mentioned complex history of comics which i believe is coming back in november uh, and right now uh if folks dig this interview and dig the other stuff i've done check out weird detective which is my hp lovecraft cop procedural which is at Dark Horse, which is coming out from Dark Horse. Uh, and that is... Uh, and I do Assassin's Creed Templars, which is a book in the Assassin's Creed world coming out from Titan. That's nice. currently ongoing, about halfway through its run. <laughs> and alrighty, I guess that is it. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, absolutely, thank yeah, yeah. you so much. Take care, yeah, enjoy. Take awesome. care. I will, you too. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in. You can check out other shows and offerings on iTunes and also visit our site, thegrandgeekgathering.com. Go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review us. You can contact us on our site to stay updated. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and we stream on Twitch TV. To find Generation Zero, check out your local comic book stores and Comixology on August 24th. 
We highly support local businesses. Music has been provided by binsound.com, and the show has been brought to you by the Grand Geek Gathering Network. Join the gathering. Have a wonderful week, and GGG.